When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. City lose twice in a week, but they stay top of the league. But frankly, that all pales into insignificance as we have just heard the breaking news, very sadly, that City legend, and I don't use that term lightly, City legend, the great Franny Lee, Francis Lee, has sadly passed away. Um, And of course, first of all, we send our love and thoughts to his family and friends, of course, the great Franny Lee. Um, I had great pleasure in meeting him and seeing him play. One of my guests saw him play, the other two are far too young. Um, Welcome to the elderly Stato that is Paul Denby. Welcome, Paul. Good evening. Good to be here. Welcome also to Spencer Debson. Hi, Spencer. Good evening, Nigel. And also to Tony Newgrosh. Hi, Tony. Hi, Nigel. Listen, let, let's start, Paul, with you uh, on, on the great Franny. Um, part of the course, the Bell Lee Summerby. Mike Summerby, the only one that's left now, of course, sadly. Um, just your, your thoughts and reflections on... on I'm calling him a legend. I'm, I'm not wrong to do that, am I? I don't think. Oh, most definitely not. He he was the part of that triumvirate, Lee Bell Summerby. And when we signed him, I think it was October 67, we signed him from Bolton for the princely sum of £65,000, I think the fee was. I don't know what the equivalent in today's money is, but uh, if Francis Lee was bought today in today's real footballing money, that would be probably, and I'm guessing, a £60, £70 million player. Um, and that was from Bolton Wanderers. He was a brilliant footballer robust. I uh, got into a few scraps in his time as well. Um, and I think Malcolm Allison said when we signed him in, in that time frame, he was a missing piece of the jigsaw that would help us go on and conquer the uh, Division One and win it. And we did. We won it in 67-68, um, famously on the last day of the season, as we often have done. And Lee was just a great footballer, great character, and just used to push and bully. He was only small, but he was quite tough. And he used to bully the centre-halves and the defenders quite significantly for his size. And he could head a ball as well. He wasn't frightened to go in with a header as well, despite, I don't know his exact height, but he was certainly well under six foot. 
and he got his fame uh, was really for taking penalties as well. I think it was 71-72 season where we finished fourth and we should have won the league that season, but that's another story. He scored 13 penalties in, in the league, and that's still a record. And he famously got um, quoted as being Lee one pen. Instead of Lee one pen, which is a traditional way of describing a penalty, goal, it was Lee one W-O-N, pen, because he won so many penalties for us as well. And I believe somebody did ask him once, did he ever dive for a penalty? And he said, no, every single one was a genuine penalty. We'll never know the real truth, but it, he, he won so many penalties for City. Brilliant footballer. And there's so many stories that go alongside what he did, both for City and subsequently for Derby as well. Uh, there was one famous incident, I remember, when he had a, a punch-up on the field with Norman Hunter. And those that remember what Norman Hunter was like, Norman Bite Your Legs Hunter was a tough Leeds defender and England and there were colleagues in the England team, but they really went for each other on the pitch uh, in a Derby versus Leeds game. And those two um, really um, showed what football could be like in, in that era. So a, a sad loss today. And I suppose other thoughts and reflections before we bring our other two guests in. Obviously, an England international as well. Um, played in a World Cup for England, certainly in Mexico in 1970. He was in that squad, wasn't he? He was a bit probably a bit too young for the 66 squad or, or maybe not just quite emerged enough to make that squad. And, of course, the other interesting thing about Fanny Lee was because he was, he was actually a hell of a businessman as well, of course. So he had a sideline, of course, in recycled paper and, and toilet paper. I think he made his more money, I think it was said, kind of with his uh, loo roll business than he did in football in those days, of course. So he was a shrewd cookie. Um, he then came back, of course, Stato, didn't he, to, to, to chair Manchester City as well, which... Uh, didn't exactly cover himself in glory in, in, in that area. It was kind of a, an interesting appointment, and I don't quite remember all the details of exactly how that came about. But it uh, it didn't it didn't end well, I seem to remember. No, there was a great clamour from the fans because Lee was rumoured to be wanting to buy City at the time. This was the mid-90s, and he was successful at um, buying the club at the time, um, and everybody was had great expectations about what he could do. And unfortunately... Due to friendships with certain people, he made some poor decisions. And let's be honest about it, the appointment of Alan Ball was not the best decision that a chairman could make because Alan Ball had a, a a poor record, let's say, as a manager. He'd had, a, I think he'd had Southampton relegated and Portsmouth he might have even had relegated. And then, of course, he managed to succeed in taking City down as well. So... Uh, unfortunately, appointments weren't great, and he soon lost the rest of the board in due course and didn't last too long as the, as the chairman of the club. But I think we should remember him as a player because that's what he meant, where he made his name. And there's one famous commentary by Barry Davis that always sticks in my mind. When he was playing for Derby County, and unfortunately scored a goal for them at Main Road, and Barry Davis was a screamer from about 20, 25 yards out. And Barry Davis, his commentaries, just look at his face, look at his face. He had a great big beaming smile because I don't think it's, he wanted to be sold by City when he was in 74. So um, another great uh, remembrance for uh, City fans as well. Absolutely. I, I don't, again, Spencer and uh, Tony, I don't know if you can add anything in terms of what you've heard from, from relatives or, or friends. Any, any other reflections, anything you read in the last? Obviously, it's, it's kind of breaking news, really, when we're recording this. We have not had a huge amount of time to take it all in. Um, uh, Tony, any, any, any thoughts from you, particularly anything you've, uh, you've picked up from, from about the great Fanny Lee? What have you heard? 
Well, just very interesting looking on the BBC website tonight at the comments and to a man and a woman commenting there, no matter what football team people supported, everyone saying what a great player he was and what a great man he was. And it's very rare, isn't it? Normally players will de- divide loyalties depending on which team you support. So, yeah, I'm, I just missed him as a player, but as a chairman, OK, it wasn't brilliant, but it was amazing the way he was welcomed back into the club after that, wasn't he? And he remains an icon. I don't think it's tainted his his legacy at all. So, and let's not forget a CB for his work for football and charity. So he had a great life and he'll be missed and a great legacy he's left behind. Spencer, you're, you're yeah. I mean, like 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 Tony, I'm not as um, senior as uh, as certain other members on the podcast. So I didn't see him play, uh, but of course, he represented uh, part of the great uh, triumvirate: Bell, Summerby, Lee. They're all spoken of in the same uh, same vein. And you wonder how how he would have been in the modern day because he was a sort of you know pugnacious player, um, never shirked a challenge. And uh, of course, the game is rather different today. But but he made uh, made it made a great impact for City. Um, I was reading today that they were they're commissioning a statue. Um, and it did make me think why we don't have one for Colin Bell. I, I may get something well, wrong. Well, I think I, I think I have the answer to that, and I yeah, sit in his stand. One. I sit in his stand every week, so I think that's pretty good to have a oh, Colin. Okay, Bell. So the stand is higher up the pecking order. I think so. I think a stand just about trumps a statue. I think is the okay. way they thought. And, well, and I think there was. I think I'm, I'm thinking back. I think it was kind of a bit of a competition uh, amongst City fans as to who the stand should be named after, and, and he by you know, won the poll by by a mile. So Bell was always the one that I think stood head and shoulders above the rest. And of course, I think we need to look after Mike Summerby. I think we should wrap him in cotton wool, um, love him uh, and, you know, spend as much time we can nurturing his that wonderful man. So we see him quite regularly at the Etihad. He's often sort of pictured on TV when the cameras sweep round to the director's box and he's looking well. So certainly um, I'm thinking of him today as well, having sort of uh, lost those two and on all those City fans listening who who saw the great Franny Lee, it's a, it's a sad day. Um, but let's uh, rejoice in his memory. And, and as you say, Stato Lee Won Pen will live with me for a long time. Listen, let's move on. Um, let, let's talk about two losses in a week, Spencer. Um, I don't think we need to go back to the Carabao Cup and spend too much time on that. I think we kind of know that it was well down the list of uh, Pep's priorities and the club's priorities for this year and made a big deal of the coach trip home and no flights and all that sort of stuff and rotated, etc. I suppose I want to concentrate probably more uh, on the defeat at the weekend at Molyneux and uh, Wolves, everybody was saying it's kind of three points for City, you know, the juggernaut will carry on and it didn't didn't turn out that way. No, it certainly didn't, and this is this is the the Premier League for us, isn't it? We really had uh, discounted this that we didn't need to um, do too much to to uh, get a victory over Wolves. They got an appalling home record. I think they picked up no home wins at all this season, uh, and we we assumed it was routine. Uh, and uh, I think just sort of reflecting back on it, um, it was it was in some ways, um, you know, we will focus on the fact that Roger is not in the team. But I think it's a little bit wider than that. And it's maybe an element of slight element of malaise, slight element of ill, Ill, Ill discipline. Uh, I mean, you know, Pep's in the stand because of ill discipline. Obviously, Roger is not there. Um, curious uh, that Phillips wasn't um, put into the team for a start. Um, uh, and that's been well chronicled. Why is Phillips not given more? Uh, more trust, if you like. 
Um, and, you know, we did 70% possession. I mean, it was the normal pattern of play. But, you know, we lost the ball too many times. Uh, I think, you know, Kovacic was rather profligate um, during the game. Uh, you know, yes, Wolves only had one shot on target throughout the game and managed to score two goals. Uh, and there was certain, you know, Stones is out, Grealish is not 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 back to full fitness. Uh, but this was a game that we uh, should have won uh, relatively easily, and uh, we 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 I think we deserved the defeat. To be fair, so I think there's a lot of a bit of soul searching to be done whilst we regroup for the future games in the coming week. There's so much there, Tony, isn't there? So you know, Pep not in the stands. You know, we we we, we haven't mentioned KDB for a few weeks. You know, he's clearly a big loss as well. Um, but but I guess more recently, uh, the the loss of of Rodri, of course, is is the one that maybe was is sort of front of people's mind. Do you, can you put your finger on what what you saw in that game that sort of says, well, it's this? We'll come back to. Uh, We'll come back to Phillips in a minute because I think he probably needs a few column inches again today. But uh, in terms of what you thought went wrong? Well, I think any team missing KDB, Rodri and Bernardo Silva is potentially going to struggle. But there just seemed to be that slight lack of intensity. Uh, and I think a lack of leadership out there, to be honest. You know, it just, it was, it, it was one of the most frustrating 90 minutes of football I've watched in an awful long time, just in the sense that... We've all been on the end. You know, we, we lost 2-1 and they had one shot on target. You know it's not going to be your day when that sort of thing happens. But for all the 23 shots we had, for all the possession we had, we never really looked like carving them open. And there was just that lack of urgency, a fantastic free kick from Alvarez. You thought we'd go on and win the game from there. And it just didn't happen. And the, the bit that I found so frustrating, you know, we never once, I think, took on and beat a man the whole 90 minutes. It was just sideways, sideways, sideways. And you know what? When people talk about us being boring, I, I kind of get it on days like that because it just was painful to watch. It just, Look, it just wasn't our day. And, I, and let's, let's hope it was a one-off and they'll learn from that and nothing more. Clearly, we miss Rodri and clearly we need to find a solution to that. I'm, I'm worried about the game next week against Arsenal. Um, but you know what? If a crisis is being top of the league, then I guess I'll take it at the end of the day. What went wrong for you, Stato? Well, I think there's probably a combination of factors. I think we're missing a couple of key players, which we can't complain about. That's life. Rodri is clearly just irreplaceable at the moment. He's a top player in that position probably in the world. And doesn't matter. Kovacic didn't look fit. I'm not sure why he was played. He lost the ball so many times, and I'm not criticising him. He just wasn't on the ball. But so many players weren't on Saturday. It was uh, one of those strange games where we created very little despite all our possession. And as, as I said, we had a, quite a number of shots, but no real. none of them really troubled the goalkeeper. Um, we had one that was just cleared off the line, but even that was only a, sort of a half chance, I think, that got round the back. And we just never really got going. Um, Haaland, in those sort of games... I'll be very outspoken and say it's a bit of a luxury because when we're not creating anything for him, he can't add much more in terms of value to the game. He's not, um, he doesn't uh, come back and defend when we're on the attack, when when the opponent's on the attack, except at corners, etc. Uh, and therefore, in a way, you're playing with one man less than when we used to play with all, a lot of midfield players. Now, that's our style now, but we've got to try and adapt it a little bit when we're really not doing what we should should be doing against teams like Wolves, let's be honest about it. Um, yeah, the fact that they had one shot and scored two goals, I mean, that sums it up. I remember many, many years ago, we lost 1-0. I think it was home to, I think it might have been Bolton. 
and they didn't have a shot on target the whole game. Mm. And you might recall it was Richard Dunn managed to put it in his own net in the 91st minute and we lost 1-0. I and think it was Chelsea, was, actually, Stetter. Was it Chelsea? It could have yeah. been Chelsea. Uh, it was one of those games where, you know, it's just ridiculous. Um, so I'm not faulting Diaz for the goal, but I'm faulting the defence as a whole. Walker, I'll uh, say, had a reasonable game, but the rest looked poor. Ake looked like he was running in mud. Um, when he was trying to track back. Diaz didn't quite look up as, as he normally is, and he's a superb player. And we didn't create that extra player in midfield that Kanji often does when Stones isn't there. It just didn't seem to work. So lots of things seem to be failing, and we didn't seem to correct them. I think it's it's fair to say, you know, we're going to go into a season where we're playing in whatever is five competitions. We're not going to win every single game, are we? Let's be honest. We're not going to go through a so season. We are going to lose the odd game, uh, and, and this happened to be it. And I'm just hoping it's a bit of a blip. Uh, and I think you made all the relevant points about um, what went wrong on the day. Can I just pick up on, on Calvin Phillips, which I know we've talked about before on this show, but I think here was... In the last week or so, when Rodri was sent off, we, we came onto this show and we talked about here is his perfect opportunity, and Pep's not even picking him now. So, so <laughs> Tony, help us understand what's going on. I mean, is, is this it? Is this Pep just doesn't trust him, and this is proof of that point? And as soon as somebody comes along with a with a barrel full of money that's uh, that's going to tempt us, he's off. Why is he not playing him? This is this is the position he plays in. He plays for England. He 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 was fantastic in the Euros for for England in that position. What's going on? Yeah, it's very hard to reconcile, isn't it? But he is number two to probably the best central holding midfielder in the world. The bit that surprised me is he's never really given Rodri the odd game off and let Calvin Phillips take over, even you know, give him the last twenty minutes. So he's coming now. He's clearly not up to speed with the way we play all bit. He must train with them every week. Um, you know, against Newcastle, he was snatching at shots. He was just being a little bit too keen. He was jumping into tackles where Rodri wouldn't. And bless, you know, I can't fault his attitude. If you ever see him on the bench and going off with the players, he's always got a hug and a word and a smile. You know, it's not, I don't think, <laughs> I think it's just one of those classic cases where a fresh start would probably do him some good because clearly, for whatever reason, Pep doesn't doesn't rate him. I'm just surprised he's still at the club, to be honest. I would have thought this summer was the time when we just shake him by the hand and say thank you very much. But we're paying the price now, aren't we? And clearly he's not the answer. And Nunes and Kovacic doesn't look like a central midfield pairing that will will cope particularly well in in Rodri's absence. Okay, it's only for one more game. It's a big game against Arsenal. Of course, we'd like to win, but Christ, you know, God forbid we're only two points off the top of the league. We're normally giving teams about a 10-point start at this stage in the season, aren't we? So it's frustrating, to be honest. The match was frustrating. And yeah, if he didn't play, if he didn't play this week, I can't see he's ever going to play. Let's talk about Haaland as well, if if we can, Spencer. Your, your just thoughts on him. I mean, we've obviously had... Stato's thoughts about the fact that maybe he doesn't defend as well as he could. I mean, there weren't too many criticisms of him last season, but just starting now, you're getting people talking about a luxury who's been described by one of our guests only this week. <laughs> Harland is a luxury in this team. We weren't saying that last season. What, what, what's gone on there as well then? Well, I, 
I mean, his his he has been uh, very quite wasteful this season, hasn't he? I mean, I think I can't. I'm stating as the man with the stats, but there was a, <laughs> some something around this time last season he was converting sixty to seventy percent of his chances, uh, and this season it's more like twenty five to thirty percent. Stato, do correct me. Um, but he he has been wasting quite a lot of chances. Uh, of course, he's um, he's got some goals, but. Um, I think it's it's trite to to be criticising Haaland uh, just at this point of the season. I mean, he as teams study him more and more, he's always got two on him. He'll be taking two players out, creating space. Uh, so I think I think we're looking a little bit for a scapegoat there. To be fair, he's always making the runs. As far as I'm concerned, he's always looking for the ball. Uh, and I think you know teams feel frustration as they as as they don't. Uh, uh, as things don't start to come off, so I, I, I'm not I'm not overly critical of Haaland at this point, uh, but he does need to get his shooting boots on, and we've got uh, some very important games coming up. So let's hope that we keep the rhythm with him, and he he rediscovers the, you know, the sort of the high conversion rates that he's he's shown us all through last season. And just before we go to the break, I'm keen to sort of talk about Pep as well, because we had a number of weeks with him not being around because of his emergency back surgery. Mm-hmm. And of course, he has shown a, a sort of petulant side, which has got on the wrong side of some of the referees. And he's picked up, I think, three bookings, isn't it? Which means that he's kind of having to to, to sit in the stands. Um, Stato, your, your your thoughts on that? I mean, that, that again, we, we said at the time, he, he, he is such an influence on the touchline. He's... Uh, What's what's going on in his head? Why why is he getting himself into trouble? Is this just referees clamping down more this year? Um, is there is there something more going on? Do you think? I think it's a combination. Clearly, referees have been told to clamp down more than they have done in the past. Pep's always been quite vociferous. I think with the new rules, it's like the players are told not to hold their hand up to indicate they think the player should be yellow carded. Otherwise, they get a yellow card or kick the ball away. They get a yellow card. I think Pep's got to adapt to the new laws of the game a little bit as well and say, actually, I'd better hold my temper and not get another yellow card because we do need him on the touchline. I know he was allowed to communicate from the stand on, on Saturday, but it's not the same as when he's bellowing orders from the sideline. Not that I would understand what he's saying, but hopefully the players pick it up. And I think it makes a difference. So I think Pep's got to be careful. Otherwise, if he's getting himself booked, it sets an example for the rest of the team as well. And the team, I'm not suggesting they will do it, but they think, well, oh, the manager's getting booked. I'm going to push my luck a bit further because my manager can't really tell me off because he's got booked as well. So one thing leads to another. I think we just need to calm ourselves down a bit and try to play the games that we know we can play and not get frustrated by the opposition. And let's be honest as well, a couple of teams have tried to kick us quite a bit and the referees haven't really clamped down on that to protect our players. Now, that's frustrating in itself and I'm sure that's what Pep is really, that's his main point. So, I think they should be talking before the game to say to the referees, please look out for some of these fouls, because they're passing it around, aren't they? I think against uh, last week, there were seven different players booked against Forrest because they were not uh, concentrating on one player. They just pass it around the team, don't they? Tony, one final word from you before we go to the break, and that's just picking up on this leadership question, which I think is a really good point that, you know, we used to talk in, you know, the company days when we had that run of great success. It, we had great leadership on the pitch. Where, where should that be coming from, in your view? Where where do you think, where would you like to see? Who should be stepping up at this point and, and, and giving us that? Because KDB's not around, uh, all the other injuries we've talked about as well. Um, who, what you say it's missing. Where, where should it be coming from? Who are you looking to step up? Well, it's, you know, to a certain extent, 
it's for the whole team to sort it out among themselves. I mean, we have this leadership group, but to me, the outstanding leader there is probably Ruben Diaz, to be honest. Uh, and I'd like to see him do that. But um, there's enough senior players out there, to be honest. I mean, you know, you've got Walker's experience out there as well. Kovacic has been around the block a few times. Ake's worn the armband, hasn't he? I mean, he had a torrid time on Saturday. And the the... I mean, the more general worry for me, I digress slightly, is that teams will see how Ake was taken apart and they will just use the same tactics. You know, he's a centre-half covering a left-back. You know, Liverpool, no doubt, will try and exploit that when we play against them. But it's for the team to step up. I hope it's just a blip. But yes, I would have Diaz with the permanent armband and let him bark a few orders and kick a few backsides as was clearly needed on Saturday. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the uh, Leipzig game uh, midweek on Wednesday and, of course, the big one at the weekend against uh, Arsenal. And we'll do that straight after this break. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favourite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back. So Leipzig again at the weekend. Uh, sorry, the weekend. I'm going to do that again. Sorry, Leon. Right. <clears throat> Welcome back, Leipzig midweek. Let's talk about that. Tony Newgrosh, easy victory in the first leg. Going to be easy again, isn't it? Away there at Leipzig. What, three, well, four, five? Or three, four, five, six? What are you going for, Tony? Uh, I'd take two, to be honest, so I can just slightly relax. Look, yes, it'd be fair to say they are well-known foes, to be honest, and a team we should easily dispatch. I think we said the same against Wolves. This weekend, so if there was any complacency, hopefully there won't be any. It's another away game, another big game coming at the weekend. So there's a real balance to be done here. I think we need a victory to restore a bit of confidence. We need to get the flow back in our play. So Pep's going to have to think very carefully about who he picks. Hopefully we've got a couple of players coming back, but we really should win this. And you know what? I'd probably take a draw quite frankly at the moment if he rests a few for Sunday so I just want to see us play with a bit more urgency and intensity to be honest and I'll I'll take whatever result comes so 3-1 after the first leg of course Tato uh, thanks to a, a, a decent second half performance uh, what what are you expecting then from Pep then just picking up on what Tony said we're clear favourites we've got a massive game that we're going to come on to at the weekend against Arsenal um, what, what's he going to do is he going to shuffle the pack or do you think after Two loss. He didn't. He didn't want. He didn't want three on the on the bounce, does he? Which is unlikely, I know. But he needs a bit of a, a reaction here, does he? he? Needs a result. He certainly does. I mean, last year when we played Leipzig in knockout stage, it was only one all in Leipzig. Let's not uh, 
think it's an easy game. We, we, I think we murdered them in the first half, but as usual, only scored one goal. And then they scored the equaliser. I think it was Gravidol scored for them in the second half. So, and it was one all in, in Germany. Yes, we murdered them in the second leg, uh, 7-0. But this is a group game, and it's a slightly different approach, I'd suggest. Rodri should be playing because he's obviously eligible for the game, so there's no doubt he will play. Um, and I'd like to think that a couple of the players that are coming back, Kovacic needs another run out. Um, I don't know whether um, Nunes and uh, Doku will get run outs. Grealish needs more time because clearly he's not been the same player as he was uh, in last season yet. So there's various combinations he can put out there. Players need game time. There's enough gap between Saturday's game and Wednesday night's game, four days, and then there's four more days till the Arsenal game of the weekend. Then we've got an international break after that. So therefore, um, let's just go for both games. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about Arsenal in a few minutes, but at Leipzig, I think we play more or less our strongest team. That's interesting. Spencer, would you agree with that? Do you think because of the, the fact that we've, we're on a bit of a, a run, we've got a break coming up, we need players to have some game time. So so maybe we could see quite a strong lineup, couldn't we, I think, on Wednesday night? Yeah, no, very much so. And I think after two defeats uh, and with Arsenal um, looming, I think he'll put a really strong team out. Uh, Guardiola is bound to play. Players tend to play quite well against their former teams. Uh, Rodri's back. I think. I think there will be a bounce, and there needs to be a bounce actually. And hopefully, we'll we'll put on a really good performance. Almost the performance is more important than the result, but you know, at least a draw, hopefully a win, uh, and then it'll set us up nicely for uh, for for the big game against Arsenal. So let's talk about that then, Stato. You kick us off then. Um, they'll, they'll they'll fancy this. I would have thought, wouldn't they? At, at their place. Um, you know, they've everybody's sort of after that defeat against Wolves, so the gap's not quite what it was. And uh, yeah, two, two defeats, they'll recognize that, they'll ignore. I'm sure what happens at Leipzig with two recent defeats, they will be up for this big time. I would have thought they probably will be, but there again, when we play them in the run into the league last season, they were up for it as well, and we beat them 3 1 at um, the Emirates. Of course, it's a big game for them, it's a big game for us as well. Um, I think this game is a little bit different to Wolves. Arsenal probably need to win it at home. Therefore, they won't sit back for 90 minutes and they might try and kick us a little bit more as well. But they're, they're, not, a, they're not as physical as Wolves needed to be or Forrest the week before. They'll try and play football because they are a footballing team nowadays under Arteta. Um, so I think he'll give us a couple more chances. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd certainly take a draw at, at their ground uh, at this stage. But I think um, a good result against Leipzig uh, or a good performance and, and then follow that up with a good performance on Sunday as well. Uh, I'm I'm not all doom and gloom. Yes, we've had defeats in the past. We've had two defeats on the run, but we've had, we've faced this before. And look what we've got to, look what we've done in the last three or four seasons or five or six seasons now. We've won trophy after trophy and people write us off at their peril and long may it continue. How do you expect us to line up then, Tony, against Arsenal? What are your thoughts in terms of the way Pep's going to organise us? Well, the one bit I'm struggling with, apart from Rodri and that hole, and I really don't quite know how we solve that at the moment. So don't be surprised to see John Stone stepping into midfield for that one. It wouldn't be beyond Pep to do something like that. But I think we've still not quite got Alvarez and Haaland playing together well. Yes, when we're at home and playing weaker opposition, it works. And he's a fantastic player as Alvarez. But I just think when he's playing in more difficult away games with Haaland, 
we don't quite have that solidity in the middle of the pitch. So he's got, I think, a decision to be made there. And I think he'd be very unlucky to be dropped Alvarez, especially after his world-class free kick. And he's contributed hugely already this season. Um, but maybe Pep will just be a little bit more pragmatic because I think we'd all probably take a point from this game. Albeit, is it our last 12 games we've won against Arsenal in the league now? Something like that. Wouldn't it be great to keep that one going? And they do get overexcited. Bless them, don't they? I mean, I know they've won the Charity Shield this year. So they're they're a huge club with a huge trophy cabinet. Um, So I'd love to get one over. I would love it. But (laughs) I guess left back is what worries me. Centre midfield and they're all for Alvarez. I don't have all the answers to those questions, but that's what Pep's got to solve between now and Sunday. Picking up on what you said before, Tony, would you keep so you wouldn't keep back at left back then? You'd, you'd you'd change it around then, would you? What would you do? I think well, Stato, Stato's going to help you out here. He's, he's got a plan. Go on then, Stato. What's your plan? <laughs> well, Gravidol's got to come back in, surely. Ake didn't look good yeah. on on Saturday. And Gravidol can play at left back. So that, to yeah. me, is a natural change. Whether you then put Ake into the central defence with Diaz. and um, Well, John Stone's coming back. Well, John Stones, if, if Stones comes back, is he fit enough to play from the start or is he on the bench? And usually when a player comes back from injury, they get a, like 20, 30 minutes, they don't play a full game and then come on as substitute. So it depends on his fitness status. Yeah, he could come come straight back into the team and play Stones and Diaz there. But yeah, I'd be playing Gavidol and both games against Leipzig and at the weekend uh, at left back. Spencer? Any other thoughts then about? Well, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not quite as laid back as uh, as Paul and Tony are about this little game. Go on, against go on. Give, give us a big boost then. Here. Go on. To, to, <laughs> well, you know, I think I think off the back of a, a good performance uh, against Leipzig, we really want to um, make a statement in this game. Uh, and I, I personally am a fan of Alvarez and Harlem playing together. I think that needs to be given uh, more pitch time. Alvarez, uh, clearly, they're both incredible players individually uh, i just i i just think that they, they will keep working better and better together and they've shown the ability to do that uh, already um and i think we need i don't think we need to be sort of too cautious i think we need to you know put a really strong team out and believe in ourselves and hopefully um we're more than capable of getting a result and i think that that would that would definitely come off the back of a very good week if we put a good performance in, irrespective of the result against Leipzig, and then hopefully, you know, get a win against Arsenal, more than capable. What does back, good look back, of course, against Arsenal, isn't it? That's, that's yeah, sure. So, Tony, what does good look like then? So this this time on sort of Sunday night, what does good look like after a, a week where we look back on two defeats? What, what does good look like for, for City fans uh, Sunday night next week? Well, this week, I'll- rather. I think we'd all expect us to brush aside Leipzig. Um, Personally, I'd be satisfied with the draw against Arsenal. Absolutely delighted with three points. Not like a draw could let Tottenham go top of the league. Could you imagine? God forbid. Uh, Not having that. Not having that at all. So, yeah, we're we're more than capable. I think Arsenal are flattered to deceive us of many teams this season. I don't think they're, they're... quite as good as they think they are so yeah let's go for it let's hope Grealish is is back on his A game again I think it was sort of summed up on Saturday when he came on and then just dribbled straight off the pitch at one point didn't he Um, it was just no Jack come on Um, you can do better than that Um, I think that key position is going to be left back in many respects Um, 
Saka against Guardiola. Let's see who comes out on top of that. If we can solve this week that midfield position, then I think we can get a result there. But look, we sh- it's not going to be a crisis. The worst we can be is two points off the top. We'll we'll still be there or thereabouts. Uh, win and a draw good enough for you, Stato, at the end of the week? Oh, I'll take a win and draw now, no doubt about it. Um, a draw against Arsenal away from home. Uh, I would have taken it even last season when we were running out of games, but I said it before that game, and I'll certainly take it now when we've still got... 20-odd games to go till the end of the season, nearly 30 or 30 games still. Yeah, I'll take a draw. Uh, I wouldn't be even disappointed. As long as we put in a good performance, I think we should beat Leipzig, but I wouldn't be totally upset with a draw in Leipzig because it's in a way drawing the Champions League. So I'm honest about it, um, as long as we put in a good performance. Yeah, Spencer, I can see you kind of nodding in agreement. I think exactly the same, just exactly the same as Sato just said. Yeah, I mean, two good performances and at least two draws, that's going to be a a decent week's work in, in context, I think. And just a final thought from from the three of you, sort of looking ahead. You know, we've we've had a few games in the Premier League. We sit top. We're out of the Carabao Cup. We're still in the Champions League, fortunately, uh, at this early stage. I'm just trying to think ahead. You know, kind of we've talked in previous weeks about is this strong, squad stronger than the one we lost players we've we've recruited. So I'm just kind of looking ahead. A lot. One of my mates rang me up and said, "Oh, you know, if you're not going to do the quadruple now, you know, what a bad season you're going to have. That's what you were going for, and all this nonsense." Just look ahead and, and and thinking about this season um your expectations and so on kind of i've kind of used the expression already i'm going to use it again kind of what what does good look like spencer uh, at, at the end of this season for city what are your kind of expectations well, well, we, we, we can't yeah i mean we we discussed this in some of the other ones didn't we a few games back that i think my my uh, view's not changed if we were to win a major trophy first choice premier league Second for me anyway, second choice retaining Champions League. That has to be a good season in context, especially coming back off the off the uh, off the mega highs of last year. And uh, you think this squad can do that? Do you? Just I suppose that's that's part. Yeah, of it. I that's do what because we, want, I, but uh, we haven't. We I can't haven't, beat Wolves though. We you know we can't even beat Wolves. So uh, you know it happens. If that's one of our three defeats of the season, so be it. We had them last year against Brentford and others, didn't we? That you know every team is capable of, of an off day. Uh, but I think we've got, uh, especially when the the injured players come back, you know, Bernardo's back and uh, and and the others. I, I think I think we have got great potential, uh, and I've not seen anybody else who I think is really going to take the Premier League by storm. Obviously, Liverpool are settling down. Arsenal will be there. Spurs, of course, emerging. But I, I think we've got I, I think we've got enough to 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 enough quality to win the Premier League again this season. Is that fair then, Tony? Is that where you are as well? That uh, Carabao Cup doesn't Carabao Cup doesn't really matter. The others, you know, it's, I know it's early days, but uh, confident that it's going to be another treble season. I doubt it. I would love it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but you know what? God forbid we only win one trophy this year. Look, we're going to be competitive. We're going to need a little bit of luck to win a trophy. We always do. We got it last year when we did the treble. But as long as we finish above Stretford and Liverpool or and Spurs, I don't like them either. Then that wouldn't be a bad league season. And the Cubs, Arsenal, well, you don't like Arsenal chance. either. What you're saying as well, Arsenal, you should add <laughs> Arsenal into that as well, Tony. You don't like them either, from what you're saying. Mid-table hatred for Arsenal, I would say. But um, yeah, but look, I just, I, I just don't want to sit through another ninety minutes like Saturday. To be honest, Let's, I just want to That's enjoy right. that football. The last words with you, Paul Denby, Stato. Well, I'd like to add one other trophy in there if I can. The World Club Championship. 
we've never won it. I'd like to win it just be- just because we've never won it before, and it's a, you get the opportunity because we won the Champions League last year. Yeah, but being realistic about it, I'll back with what the other guy said: winning one of the two major trophies, Premier League in preference, Champions League second. I'll be delighted as long as we play good football and try to win the games and don't put in too many performances as we saw on Saturday. I'm delighted. Amazing. Thanks to my three guests, to Paul Stato-Denby, to Spencer Debson and to Tony Newgrosh. Our thoughts are with, as I said before, the great, the legend, Francis Lee's dear family and friends. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you all very soon. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.